Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise podcast. I'm Alfred Jackson, the senior pastor and presiding bishop of Tabernacle of Praise Churches International. I come to you with 45 years of experience in teaching and preaching the Holy Scriptures. Now, each week on this podcast, you will hear informative and challenging messages that will help you develop a more meaningful relationship with the Lord and help you live out your faith more effectively. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now, let's see what it is the Lord has to say to us. For this Sunday morning, May 16th, 2020, we thank the Lord for another day that he's blessed us with. Thank God for allowing us to come together via uh, social, via media, uh, technology, uh, for worship today. We thank God for what he's doing in the earth realm. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. With we're thankful for our gathering this morning. There are just a few of us as, as we've been, and prayerfully on fifth Sunday of this month, we'll come back together as a gathered congregation. This morning, um, Minister Spaws will lead us in prayer, and we will come back with our scripture for the day, and then she will lead us in a song of worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh Lord, our God, mm. how excellent is your name in all and we worship you today Lord God hallelujah hallelujah father we give you glory and honor and praise because you deserve it all it doesn't belong to us it belongs to you honor is yours worship belongs to you our hallelujah is yours it's not even ours so God we give it all to you this morning we want you to be glorified and magnified, God, as we come forth, God, with the word, the gospel of truth. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Lord God. Be glorified today. May each hearer, God, that is tuning in today, hear your voice. Hallelujah. Continue to teach us, Lord God. Teach us about faith and our duty to the gospel and to the world. We thank you for it. Father, be glorified as Pastor Jackson goes forth in the word on today. Hallelujah. We thank you for ears being open, God, and eyes being open, and our hearts being transformed by the truth of the word. Be glorified, and we'll be careful to say that this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. In Jesus' name we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 89 scripture will come this morning Psalm 80, 89 and we will begin reading at verse 11 the heavens are yours the earth also is yours the world and all its fullness you have founded them the north and the south you have created them Tabor and Hermon rejoice in your name you have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, and high is your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name, 
they rejoice all day long, and in your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and in your favor our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, and our king is the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah. That is the reading of the word of the Lord for this morning. Psalm uh, 89 verses 11 through 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we continue to give you glory today. Hallelujah. Bless your holy and righteous name. You are the King of kings. Hallelujah. And you are the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Precious Jesus.
Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, we bless the Lord for this morning. And we thank the Lord for this opportunity once again to come together, as I said earlier. We are constrained by this great gospel to worship our Lord, our God, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank God for what he's done for us, given his life on the cross of Calvary. God raising him from the dead on the third day, declaring that he is Lord to the glory of God so that we might be saved and that we could be a part of what he's doing in this day and time in which we live in. So critical for us to really be engaged in the Lord's work in these times that we're living in. As I, as I reflected as Minister Smalls was singing and reflected on the message for today uh, and thinking about the scriptures, many times I'm reminded of our worship that doesn't just take place in the sanctuary but it's really worked out as we live our lives and interact with people from day to day. Our worship of the Lord has to be real and has to be tied into his will and his way. There is what the scripture talks about as will worship, where we try to offer up to God what we want, but it's not what we want to give God, it's what God expects of us to give to him. And we really can't worship God without being in right relationship with our brothers and our sisters in Jesus Christ. And, and as, I, as I thought about that, it, it focused me back in on the message that I, I ministered on last Sunday and what I'm going to prayerfully try to continue this morning, uh, dealing with biblical justice, biblical justice. And the Lord just helped me, caused me to focus in on that statement of making wrongs right, making wrongs right, you know, and how, how we do that, how do we do that in this, in this society where we see a lot of wrong, in this world, uh, where we see a lot of wrong things happening, we see people being mistreated, abused, uh, the poor being overlooked and, 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 and disenfranchised and, and the rich becoming richer and people who are of means, many times, not everybody, but many times only care about themselves, but yet they call themselves Christian. And, and so when I think about the gospel, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the responsibility that you and I have as believers and that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has in this world today, how does it speak to us and how do we actually come and, and worship the Lord when we see injustice going on in society and we remain silent about it? So I just want to go back into that this morning um, and, and, and talk a little bit about that from Psalm 89, again, verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. 
David had a revelation as he wrote this, being the king of Israel, but he realized who was the God of the universe. And David says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Your throne, O God, is built on, is established on righteousness and justice. Amen. And it's so important that that we see that and that we understand that and that we proclaim that and that we live that out in our lives. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, anoint me afresh today as I proclaim your word and cause me to speak as you give, as you've given the oracle unto me, that your people might be blessed and your kingdom advance in the earth realm. So, justice, justice addresses the making of wrongs done to people in society, making those wrongs right. Biblical justice deals with God's perspective because when you talk about making wrongs right, then again, as we mentioned last Sunday, then you deal with right in whose eyes? Well, for the believer, and this is so critical, and I want us to hear this, and I want all of us to understand this, amen, that we are not just Christians in the church, amen. We're Christians wherever we go. Amen. And it's God's perspective that we should be concerned about. Amen. So for the Christian, it's justice from God's perspective that makes all of the difference in the world. And we should be the conscience of our nations. Amen. We should be the ones who are proclaiming the word and the truth of God to the rulers that be to the powers that be. Amen. We should be the one because we know what God has said in his word. We know that God's throne is established on righteousness and justice. Hallelujah. Amen. So as we look at at the scriptures, God has placed in his word guidelines and principles that governs human relationships. Human relationships. It's, it's the making of things right from God's perspective. Now, you know, we can, we can take care of our dogs and our cats. All right. But more importantly, we need to be worried about and concerned about each other. Amen. We need, we need justice for one another. Praise the name of Jesus. And I'm not speaking against you taking care of your dog and your cat. Praise God. Take care of your dog. Love your animals. But you need to love me. And I need to love you. Amen. Amen. Bottom line, this is what God is looking for out of us. As we take care of the world and as we take care of all of God's creation, amen, the, 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 the highest order of God's creation was when he created man. And how did he create man? In his own image and his own likeness. Amen. And in the beginning, he only created Adam and Eve. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are descendants. All of us are descendants of Adam and Eve. And so when we look at the scriptures, we see how God deals with right relationships with people and how we are to interact and treat each other lovingly and kindly and, 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 and justly. Amen. Uh, it, when you look at the scripture, it covers a wide variety of, of things and people, the poor in particular, widows, the orphans, the, the vulnerable, the disenfranchised in society. I mean, look at this. Look at what the scripture talks about, about these people, the strangers, the oppressed of society. Amen. And, and these are the people who are many times treated unjustly in, in the world. 
So as we read the scripture and we hear the Lord speak to us, we come to an understanding, those of us who've been born of the Spirit of God, amen, and we should be increasing in number, amen. As I was preparing this message, the Lord was showing me some things because we should be increasing in numbers day by day by day by day, but we have to be careful that our witness in this world is not adversely affecting part of the people that we should be bringing to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I prayerfully will come back to that point as I go through this message today. Amen. So, so he speaks to us. Amen. Those of us who are saved, those of us who are serious students of the word of God, God lets us know as we study his word that he hates injustice. He hates injustice. He is concerned about issues that confront people on a day-by-day, real-time basis. Amen. He's not just concerned about you weeping before him in the sanctuary. He's not just concerned about you coming to the sanctuary and hugging people and telling people that you love them while you treat people unjustly in the streets every day. He's not just concerned about you coming and singing glorious songs to him when you go to the voting booth and you vote for policies and vote for people, amen, who hate other people and put laws in place that adversely affect others. Yeah. God understands. God knows. He's concerned about people. He's concerned about justice in the land. He knows the hearts of man. He knows the wickedness that can take place in an unregenerated heart. When sin rules a person's heart, it rules a person's life. We have a sin nature, amen, that is influenced by Satan and left unchecked, left unregenerated, left unguided by the Holy Ghost. We will do evil things while at the same time, Praising God with our lips, and our hearts are far from Him. Hallelujah! So last week, last week we stated in um, we started on this message about biblical justice, and today I'm led to continue this issue. We're living in a society, and 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 let me just be real, and I have to be real, Amen. In American society, and I want us to hear this because in every society there are people that are marginalized. In every society, there are people that are treated unfairly and unjustly. But we live in a society here in the United States of America where black and brown people are experiencing grave injustices. Amen. We're living in in a society right here in the United States of America where the system seems, amen, to uphold the guilty and punish the innocent. Amen. And some innocent people have died, but when their families don't receive justice uh, at, at the hands of the courts, amen, because of people who did them injustice, they are still suffering injustice. Yeah. And we live in a society where the church seems unusually quiet on this issue. 
I know that was a time during the civil rights movement and, and we have to understand that in the black community the civil rights movement started in the church. It was our church leaders who stood up amen, with other leaders in the community and pushed for social justice and pushed for equality. I learned a long time ago you can legislate equality but it's the hearts of man that have to be changed. God has to change the hearts of people. And what we've seen happen in America is that a lot of people's hearts have never been changed. And it's perpetuated throughout the generations. We're still raising a people in America who hate one another. Why is the church unusually quiet today? It's a question that comes up in my mind. Why would my brothers and sisters in Christ, glory to God, why would my brothers and sisters in Christ who are in positions of power and positions of influence keep silent on issues that affect me and my blacks and brown sisters and brothers? Does silence mean consent? By not speaking up for justice for, for the person or for the people who've been wronged in this society, is the church a partner in crime? These are real questions, real questions that need answers to, real questions that need to be grappled with while we come to church and sing what a friend we have in Jesus and sing bless the Lord all my soul while we come to church and we weep before the Lord and we raise holy hands how are we treating one another on a day by day basis how do you treat me when I walk in your neighborhood and because of the color of my skin you automatically become suspicious of me you know, it's interesting. I saw, and I don't, I don't normally watch this news channel or read this news because because of the political bias. But sometimes I will, I will scroll down. And so it's interesting. I saw the other day and, and read the article where this white brother took a television, and he was running to, through the streets. And nobody stopped him. Nobody questioned him. Nobody asked him what was he doing running with the television in his hand. No one. He took off his shirt and he ran some more and no one stopped him. And then there's this black guy who's delivering appliances in a gated community. And the president of the Community Association stopped him at the gate, questioned him as to why he was there. Who gave him the code to get in? And you tell me that there's no injustice in, 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 that's embedded in the psyche of American culture. Hmm. Yeah. And the church Remain silent. Why are we not from our pulpits and we have the, the opportunity to, to influence thousands of people? 
We have the opportunity to, in, to influence legislatures, legislators, senators, representatives, judges. Why are we not bringing the gospel, this great gospel, to bear on these situations, bringing them to life and challenging the way people think and deal with situations? So the church, the church is basically quiet, basically quiet. On injustices, except for injustices that, that we disagree with. Yeah. We will fight hard to shut down abortion clinics. We'll fight hard for the right to life of an unborn baby. We will send black men and women to jail disproportionately and keep them locked up in jail. You know, I, I, I saw this lady on television the other day, and she was, she, her, her son was in jail somewhere and, uh, in North Carolina, and she wanted him to be released from prison because of the coronavirus. But nobody had to campaign for, 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 for those people that have been locked up for, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that um, SAT fraud, uh, College admission scandal. Nobody had to, had to, had to campaign for, for, for these political people that have committed crimes that, that were sent to jail. It's announced on television. They're automatically released because of fear of the coronavirus. It's something wrong with this picture. And it's been something wrong with this picture for many years in the United States of America. When if you have money and you come from certain rich families, you don't have to, you don't get the same crime, same sentence for the, for a little amount of cocaine. A large amount of cocaine that a black person would get for a little, little amount of cocaine. Something is wrong with this picture. And the church, Remain silent. Well, I want to encourage us because this is, this is, listen to me. This is such an issue in the African-American community. Many of our young people, especially young black men, don't want to have anything to do with the church. And we give fuel to the nation of Islam's fire to teach that this is a white man's religion. And we've been duped by white people and, and, and white theologians and the white church. Of course, a lot of us don't believe that. A lot of us know better. But it's time for us to come to the reality that when we continue these injustices, it is hurting our witness to the world. So we have to see this, and I, I want to speak to our people. We need to see this not as God keeping silent. The church being silent is not God being silent. You got to see this. You got to understand this. God has spoken clearly in his word. God has clearly spoken as God hates injustice. In Deuteronomy 25, 13 through 16, it talks about the scales that, fought, that are falsely calibrated to cheat customers. Uh, it says, you shall not have in your bag differing weights, a heavy and a light one. You shall not have in your house differing measures, a large and a small. You shall not have a perfect and just weight, a perfect, 
You should have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and just measure, that your days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. For all who do such things, all who behave, who behave unrighteously are an abomination to the Lord your God. God hates falsely calibrated scales that she could not. Now, now I'm going to come back to this one because this false balance is right here, very live in American society and many societies around the world. God hates hands that shed innocent blood. This, these are the things that the Bible says God hates. God hates hands that shed innocent blood. Proverbs 6 and 17. God hates a lion. God hates those who, who justify the wicked. In that same verse in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 15. God hates those who condemn the just. God says those people are an abomination to him. God contempt condemn those who act unjustly and welcomes those who acts justly. According to Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And when you're going to read in other New Testament passages, you see this thing about justice and injustice doesn't end with the Old Testament. It's carried over into the New Testament because God is a God who loves everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't love people based on the color of their skin. He loves everybody in the world. So I see and I read what God has spoken, but I understand that we, that believers, we're the body of Christ. We are God's messengers. We are God's mouthpieces in the world. Why is it that we're not speaking louder on these issues, on this issue in particular. Jesus charged his followers before he left them, before his ascension into heaven. He said, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world. Was he only talking about being witnesses to the fact that he is Lord and Savior? Or does being his witness include witnessing to and upholding his standard of righteousness and justice? You see, I can't preach Jesus' love and treat people unjustly at the same time. Nobody wants a savior who only loves those people who are rich and who are in power and authority. Nobody wants that kind of savior. Nobody. A message of righteousness void of a message of justice is bitter in the mouths of people and in the minds of people who, be, who are being treated unfairly in a society. Talk to me. Don't talk to me about being righteous when you are not dealing with justice in our society. I'm not angry with you. I'm angry with the devil. I know what it, what it, I know what it, what the, what the issue is. But don't you be a pawn in the devil's hand. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ should not be a pawn in the devil's hand. 
I'm dealing with America, but you know, I know a lot about Africa. And sometimes when I look at my African brothers and sisters and I see the injustices that they face, and I see churches that are being, that are church leaders who compromise because they can get some money from the government. And they won't stand up and speak what's right because the government, government leaders and political leaders are, are putting money in their hands so they can get their votes. And they get in office and they forget about the people. They forget about those people that they may have given maybe $10 or $100 and then for six years in Liberia in particular, I don't know how many years in other countries, but other nations around the world, I mean, are supposed to be democratic nations. They treat people unfairly. Injustice abounds in the land. And the church is complicit in the matter. The church remains silent. So why are we not speaking up? Why are we not speaking up about the injustices in society that our people are experiencing, that many of us are experiencing, that our children are experiencing, that our, if, if, if this doesn't change, the way that we have reverted to things in America and, and things are going, our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will continue to experience these injustices and it will only get Worse. Yeah. So as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we of all people should know, hallelujah, that everyone on the face of the earth is created in the image and the likeness of God. Everybody. Everyone. When God created man, he didn't create black men and white men. He didn't. He didn't do it. He did not create Chinese and Japanese. He didn't create Indians and America, Americans. He created man in his own image and his own likeness. Why can't we get that? And I know that, 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 that mankind put in a separation. But now for those of us who are in Christ, Christ has removed the separation. There is neither Galatians chapter, chapter 3 verse 20. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither bond nor a slave man or free man. Amen. There is neither male or female. Or in the church, we fought for, for women to have rights in, in the church and women to preach. But we, 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 we don't fight like we should fight and continue. I know in one period, in one area, there was this great push that there was neither black nor white. But it seems like now we kind of like pushed it. That's not, that's not politically correct to talk about today. When the issue is still there. In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is still not Jew nor Gentile. There is still neither male nor female. There is still neither slave nor free man. There is still neither black or white. We are one in Christ Jesus. And that being the case, the Christian church, the body of believers in Christ Jesus has the responsibility to fight for justice for all people, especially the vulnerable. 
especially the voiceless, especially the oppressed, the dis- disenfranchised of society, especially those who are oppressed. We must not become the oppressor or take sides with the oppressor. Oh, yes. Yeah. We must not have a hand in furthering the injustices of the wicked and evil people of this world. The church must not do it. Not in call ourselves the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must not continue to elect people to office. And this is the, this is the big issue. Because you see, when we go in that voting booth, our consciences have to speak to us. Conscious has to speak to us. We can't just fight for abortion and separate because of abortion, which is a real issue, but we have to think about justice for all people in society. We can't continue to elect people to office. Amen. Hey, hallelujah. Glory to God. Who are biased in their dealings, who are unbalanced in their judgments, who are unfair in their treatment of people. When we do that, we dishonor the name of Jesus. We're no better than people who commit adultery, than people who commit murder, than people who commit fornication, than people who lie, cheat, and steal, and all of those sins that the church likes to preach about. We're no better than them. We're in the same category. God help us today. So we have a responsibility to make these wrongs right. We do, the church. <clears throat> the church, it's our responsibility. Now, and, and talking about this responsibility, <clears throat> how, do we, how do we get to this point? And, you know, the issue in America didn't start yesterday, all right? It didn't start yesterday, all right? All right. Part of the, part of the reason that, 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 that black Americans... Uh, have to suffer, have suffered a history of injustice in this country goes back to the very beginnings of this country. Amen. You know, and I, I say black Americans because anybody from African descent in America is an African American, an African American. So we are particular in this nation. Our family was born here. We didn't ask to come. They brought us. And, and so we're here and we're here to stay. We're not going anywhere. This is our homeland. This is our country. Amen. But it goes back to the history of the beginnings of this nation. Amen. And, 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 and when slavery became institutionalized and woven into the fabric of American society. It's, you know, it's always interesting to me that people who came from Europe looking for religious freedom came here and then in, in, took land from the Indians, stole the land, cheated them, killed them to take their lands right here in York County, amen, York, Chester, Lancaster. We remember the lawsuit that the Catawba Indians had against, uh, against the state because of the lands that had been stolen, literally stolen. They came from Europe for freedom. Yes, maybe religious freedom, but that was other freedoms. And they came and they, 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 they took, they stole, and then they brought slaves. They brought people from Africa, enslaved them right here in America. Sad part about black Americans who went back to West Africa and they, they created the same 
type of system that was right here in America. They mistreated the native people. The, their psyches had been changed, and that was a whole issue with, with the, with the um, schools and what have you in Liberia. But right here in America, right here in America. And you know what the church did, okay? And this is, this is why the church has to deal with this. Because the church used scripture to justify slavery and inhumane treatment. The church did it. The theologians, the great preachers who owned slaves, who wanted to keep slaves docile, who wanted to make money and justify what they were doing. They took scripture and they misrepresented and misinterpreted scripture to justify what they were doing. One of the main scriptures dealt with an erroneous interpretation of the curse of Ham, one of Noah's sons. I was reading an article and I posted it on Facebook the other day by Dr. Evans. And I've been reading this. I, I preached about this even before I read this article a couple of years ago. When you look at that scripture, it didn't say God cursed Ham. It said God cursed Canaan. Canaan is one of the four sons of Ham. And we know who the Canaanites were. They were not from Africa. Amen. They were not from Africa. <laughs> Genesis chapter 9, verse 20. Misrepresentation of the scripture, what people have taken. And, and this is what Dr. Evans says. He says, because Ham was the father of black people, and because he and his descendants were cursed to be slaves, according to what people said, because of, their, of his sin against Noah, some Christians said... Africans and their descendants are destined to be servants and should accept their status as slaves in fulfillment of prophecy. Now, there existed, I'm continuing to quote him, there existed a myth of inferiority with apparent biblical roots. This theological basis provided the raw material necessary to convince the slaves that to resist their assigned inferior status was to resist the will of God. This myth became an authoritative myth because it was rooted in theology. And slave owners used that twisted theology to sustain a perverted sociology. This process is known as sacralization. The development of theological and religious beliefs to serve the interests of a particular ethnic or racial group. So, my good white brothers and sisters, my good Caucasian brothers and sisters, and back in the day, even though I wasn't born, they took theology and they made slavery sacred. They made slavery sacred. But it wasn't, it wasn't just the slave owners. Notice I said they took theology. A lot of the slave owners were not theologians. So then, who took theology and made it sacred? A lot of our great leaders and theologians from the day, men like George Whitfield and John Davenport and, and Jonathan Edwards, all right, they have been trained in Bible and theology. And some of them at some of the fundamentalist institutions of our country institutions. By the way, Dr. Evans said, who would not allow blacks to enroll as students. Mm -hmm. 
and with the endorsement of the old Schofield Bible. A lot of people still use Schofield. (laughs) Coupled with the legal status of American segregation, the myth was firmly established and, um, and embedded in American psyche. Do you think it's gone? It's not gone. It's not gone. They they did not even deal with the fact that the curse was not on Ham, the father of black people, but on Cain. They overlooked all of that and they developed a secularization of slavery based on a misrepresentation of scripture. Now, yes, our, our nation has long since renounced slavery as an institution, but it's embedded in Americans in the American psyche. And it's more difficult to renounce and change. You know, I was thinking about this. I was riding over here this morning. How do you deal with this? Where well, every time a negative thought comes up in your mind against something, someone of a different uh, race, uh, uh, of a different color, every time you see a black man and thinks that, 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 that he's suspicious. You know, you watch the news, you know, and they always talk about the big black man. He could be short and small and skinny, but to justify mystery, the big black man. So every time, and I was listening to the, 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 the broadcast um, that, that, that was given to me from the interview with us, with um, um, Kirk Franklin on, on um, what's the, TBN. And I was listening to that pastor as as he began to realize that even though outwardly he would never say certain things, inwardly he thought them. We have to challenge our thoughts. We have to challenge our thoughts. If I have to challenge my thoughts about lust, about fornication, about addictions, I need to challenge my thoughts about prejudice. How do you get it out of your mind? You got to challenge your thoughts. And you have to ask the Holy Ghost to change your heart. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the things that the church needs to do is today still is we need to challenge these erroneous interpretations of scripture and the things that are in the psyches of many people of America. We got to challenge it. And we got to challenge people to say no to injustice, just like God says no to injustice. Yeah. God's throne is established in righteousness and justice. The church has to be established on righteousness and justice, and we have to proclaim the message of righteousness. But we will never do it in certain situations until our hearts, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, have been changed. Now this wrong, and, and uh, yeah, this wrong has created partiality. It's created partiality in our society. Giving preference and privilege unfairly to people. Yeah, unfairly to people. Yeah. You know, the same gentleman, and we know these things are true. Uh, these same gentlemen, the same gentleman talked about how he got in trouble when he was younger doing drugs and his father took care of it. He said it just went away. Just went away. We've heard of stories where if a white young guy gets in trouble, the police stop him. Sometimes they'll just take him home. What do they do to our young men? They take him to jail. 
You get a record. It's hard to get a job. You know, it just, it just, this thing just keeps snowballing. It gets worse and worse and worse. And we wonder why people are angry, why, why some young black men are angry in the society. And the church remains silent. We might say, well, what do I say? What do I do? You got to start with your heart. You got to let the Holy Ghost deal with your heart. And you have to stop being partial to people based on the color of their skin. Stop being partial to people. This leads to partiality in society, giving preference and privilege unfairly. James, in James chapter 2, verses 1 through 9, and I've been preaching for a while, so I won't read that. Read it. He talks about partiality in the body of Christ. When rich people are coming to the sanctuary and you give them a preferential seat and you push the poor man to the side. Says this is evil. It's evil. And again, God hates imbalanced scales. So God hates the imbalanced scales of justice. It's being partial. God hates partiality. God hates partiality. Saints, the church has the power to address these issues. And the church has the power to bring change in this nation. Because it is not just what we say. It is the anointed word of God that we preach that is spirit and that is life. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts the division asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow of the bone and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We got to bring the gospel, this great gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to bear in these situations. Church, we've got to engage this battle. And it is a battle for every member of the body of Christ. We've got to engage this battle. You may say, well, we have been doing this in the past. We got to engage it again. And we can't relent. We can't let up. We cannot stop. Satan never stops. He keeps on bringing the stuff. He keeps on doing these things. And the church just can't stay in the sanctuary and have wonderful praise and worship and make money. Be silent against the issues that are facing our society. In 2020, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has to speak up and has to speak out. This thing is embedded in the fabric of American society. And all you got to do is grow up in a house, grow up in a community, and you will adopt the same beliefs, attitudes, and practices. Oh, yes, there are a lot of things in our community that need to be changed. We'll work on changing them, but my brothers and my sisters, the largest society in America, and I, and I pray that this message doesn't sound like I'm just dealing with politics. This is the gospel. This is something that the church does not deal with. We need to deal with it. This is hurting our witness. 
If you don't hear anything else, it is hurting our witness. We should love souls enough to want everybody to come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, and we should do everything we can to move from within us, within our body, anything that is offensive. No part of the body is unimportant. When you look at that scripture in, in Corinthians, and Paul talks about the members of the body, we deal with it with spiritual gifts. But let's deal with it from a people perspective. Let's look at that. Every person that God has created is important. One part of the body can't be prospering while another part of the body is suffering. It's treated as insignificant, as marginalized. The church cannot do this. God, help us today. Help us today. Help us today. I could go on, but I won't go on. I'm going to stop here. We need to right the wrongs that have been taking place in our society. The church does. Those of us with power, those of us with influence, we need to stand up and speak out. Stop saying you don't know what to say. Stop saying that. That's a cop-out. You got to see more evidence. Well, some things, some things is just evident. It's just seen. What, what else you got to look for? What else? And when you find the evidence, don't acquit the people that did the crime. The church... You say the society is doing this. No, but we're part of society. Jesus said we're in the world. We're not to be of the world. So the challenge is to the body of Christ. And I appeal to the body of Christ that we need to begin righting the wrongs that have been leveled against a very significant part of American society. If you want to see change, you can't hide in your gated communities you can't hide in your rich neighborhood and think that trouble won't come your way. I think the coronavirus showed us that it doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Unless you got the money to be tested every day like some people do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God is calling us. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a powerful voice in our societies, in the nations that we live in, let's be the church. Let's truly love everybody. Let's fight for justice for all people. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void. It will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So before we close today, I, I want to give the opportunity for anyone who would like to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. I want to give you that opportunity to do so. Maybe you've had an issue in your heart and you've blamed God for the things that have happened in your life. But I hope you heard what God said through the message today. When we see things that happen wrong in society, 
It is not God doing it. And sometimes we wonder, well, why is God silent? God is not silent. He's spoken in his word and he's given his, his messengers the power and the authority to speak these things into, into our societies and into existence and to do something about the wrong that have been done to people in society. Don't hate God. Don't hate God. Don't, don't even hate your brother that's wrong. Hate sin. Hate sin. Give your life to Jesus and be a part of the correction of the problem. We can change American society. We can change societies around the world. We can do it. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ can. If we operate in the power that we say we operate in, and we do when we operate in it, we can change. God will change things through us. So today, will you give your life to Jesus? Will you become one of his servants to help spread the gospel message of the kingdom? And in God's kingdom, there is no partiality. God is not a respecter person. God loves everybody. God loves you. He loves you. Maybe this issue doesn't concern you that much because of other things that are going on in your life. But I want to encourage you that whatever is going on in your life, God knows about it. God cares about you. God wants you to trust him with your life. He can't fix it as long as you're resisting him. And he, even when you come to him, he may not turn it around immediately, but he will change your situation. He will give you hope. And eventually what he wants to happen in your life will happen for his glory and for your good. You can rest assured of that. God loves you. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're not saved and you want to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord Jesus, I know that you died on the cross for my sin. You paid the price that I deserve to pay because I sinned against God. You made it possible for me to come to you and live. Lord Jesus, Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you today. I receive your forgiveness. I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to write us Write to our website today. Write us on our website. Write to us on our website. Let us know that you have prayed that prayer of confession so that one of our ministers will get back in contact with you and pray with you more, take you deeper into the scripture and help you understand, help you get started in this walk with the Lord. It's the greatest step you'll ever take in your life. There's so much more to life than just living. There's so much of a joy in living for Jesus that many people don't know because they're looking at people and they're not looking at God. Write to us. Let us know that you've made that decision. I want to pray for those who want to repent, those who want to ask God to forgive them of their sins, of whatever it is. Maybe you accepted Christ as Savior and Lord. Maybe you're in the church. Maybe you have, have negative thoughts about your fellow man. 
Maybe you have been a part of this unjust system and doing wrong things to people. Ask the Lord to forgive you today. The Bible says if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If you're a backslider and want to return to the Lord today, do that now. Father, repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I confess my sin to you. Lord, please forgive me for whatever these things are in my heart that's not right with you. Forgive me for resisting you. Forgive me for resisting your word. Forgive me for resisting your power in my life. Lord Jesus, I yield my life to you today. Restore me into a right relationship with you. And Lord Jesus, help me to live a life that will bring glory and honor to you. Help me to live in a way that I will fight for justice for all people and truly display your love. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I pray that you've been blessed and helped by the word of, of the Lord today. Uh, I want to encourage I want to encourage our members to please send your tithes and offerings in. You can give online. Uh, on our church website, there's a donate button uh, or through Givelify. And you're watching this broadcast. It has blessed you. And you like to sow a seed into this ministry. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Amen. Just, just sow a seed to, 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 because you've been blessed by the word of the Lord. And don't forget our Be a Good Foreign Neighbor campaign. We have been trying to raise funds to help our brothers and sisters in the eight countries that we're working in, seven in Africa and one in Dominican Republic. We still need donations. We still need support. Go to our website and give. I'm not asking you to give $100, $1,000. If you can only give $1, give that $1. If you can give $5, give that $5. If all of us give, it will add up. We can help give food uh, and other supplies to people who are suffering. If you think it's tough in the United States of America, and it's not tough on a whole lot of us. It is tough, but it's even more difficult in these other countries. So let's be a blessing today. Don't forget. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. We pray that the Spirit of the Lord will be with you, that he will guide you, that he will keep you, that he will overshadow you, that he will give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that you've been inspired and helped by what the Lord gave us to share with you. These are critical times that we're living in. There are a lot of voices speaking to us and vying for our attention. But I want you to know that God wants your attention as well. God wants to be able to help you, to bless your life, and help you live a full and meaningful life. So give God your attention today. Now, if you've been blessed by this message, let us know. Visit our website at topraise.org. You'll find a place there to send a message to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, as the Lord leads, if you feel led to sow a seed into this ministry, give to this ministry, you can do that as well at topraise.org forward slash give. Also, as the Lord leads and you would like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do that as well at topraise.org forward slash give. Help us as we spread the gospel to various parts of the world through our podcast and also through the work we do on the ground in Dominican Republic, 
Liberia, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Ghana, Kenya, Malawi, and South Africa. A seed into this ministry will bless people beyond our borders. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing whatever the Lord lays on your heart to share. God bless you.